Welcome to Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Valerie, her guests, and callers. Now here's your host, Valerie Kirkgaard. Executive weekend of huge protests in Hong Kong, pro-democracy demonstrators are demanding more freedom in the Chinese territory. Correspondent Paula Hancocks is there. What we're hearing from many people, I just had a protester walk past and tell me, tomorrow, we will see you tomorrow, Sunday is expected to be a sizable uh, protest. Uh, they wanted to do a march as well that hasn't been allowed by police, so of course, if groups do splinter off from that, then that is where we could see some trouble within the city. We're now being told that riot police are trying to chase down protesters who were illegally gathering after the end of the sanctioned protest march. Hundreds of law enforcement agencies, uh, agents that is, for more than two dozen local, state, and federal agencies, including the FBI, are in Portland, Oregon this morning, preparing for a gathering of members of right-wing groups. People from across the U.S. are expected, including self-described anti-fascists, who are promising they will confront the gathering. A nationwide problem affecting U.S. Customs and Border Protection computers created very long lines at Los Angeles International and other airports around the country yesterday. Officials at LAX tweeted out that CBP computers went down, affecting several airports, causing the processing of passengers to be done the old-fashioned way, meaning manually, while at the same time maintaining a high standard of security. Airport officials also posted on social media that additional staff has been engaged and they're working as fast as they can. Media reports indicate that John F. Kennedy Airport in New York and Dulles International Airport near Washington, D.C. also experienced Experiencing similar problems. Jim Roop, Los Angeles. The system now said to be back up. Three lawyers who represented the accused child sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein say they're dissatisfied with the medical examiner's conclusions that their former client killed himself. They said they will watch videos from the prison themselves. I'm Christopher Cruz. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm-hmm. phones, mm-hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds mm-hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. When? Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a uh-huh. million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou! He's like you. 800-529-2856. That's 800-529-2856. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-529-2856. Write it down. 800-529-2856. A high school football game canceled after the El Paso mass shooting earlier this month that left 22 people dead is now back on. Plano Senior High School will play El Paso Eastwood High a day earlier than planned next month and at the practice facility for the Dallas Cowboys. The district security director, Joseph Parks, calls it a safer place to play. The venue at the Star, just from its construction up, is more secure. Plano Senior High's principal, Sarah Watkins, says playing the game at the district's open-air stadium wasn't an option. At the core of every student activity, safety is our first consideration. The decision to cancel the game caused confusion and controversy. Plano ISD didn't expand on the concerns they had, and police say there were no credible threats related to the game. Clayton Neville, Dallas. Hundreds of strangers attended the funeral yesterday of 63-year-old Margie Ricard, one of those killed in the El Paso mass shooting. She had few family members, so the funeral was going to be sparsely attended. I'm Christopher Cruz. What democratic socialism is about is saying... Some politicians are claiming socialism is the prescription for all ills. When it comes to Medicare prescription drugs, they feel the burn to abandon the market forces that have made coverage so popular. They're tempted to import price controls from other countries' socialist systems or erode free market negotiations on medications. Congress is considering socialist policies like price controls, which would harm both innovation and our access to treatments. America leads the way in medical innovation, offering hope that breakthroughs for Alzheimer's, cancer, and MS are just over the horizon. New drugs are covered here years before other countries like Greece. Competition and free markets are the best way to enhance Medicare drug coverage. Now more than ever, the Senate must stand strong against price controls and for the free market. 
Learn more at freemarketmedicare.org. Paid for by Americans for Tax Reform. This is for you. This is for you and me. And who we see when we see each other. This is for all. This is for all the time you tried to find your sister or your brother. And you're not crazy anymore. You've been waiting at the door. Betcha Red Rider, it is time to open. Good morning, you American State Nationals. You're listening to Waking Up in America. We do dynamic radio dialogues on life today and what it's what it's all about, <laughs> at least from our point of view. We call in from our homes and offices around the galaxy to create this program. See, that's an indication that I may even have one of my extraterrestrial friends call up. Uh, once you've been around on the radio for a number of years, you actually get to meet some interesting people. And I have to tell you, Randy, I was at the Jeep dealership a few years back, and there was this woman in front of me in the parts department, and she was getting, she was dressed in a totally silver suit. She had beautiful blonde hair. She reminded me a lot of you. And I looked at her, and I said, okay, spaceship captain, what's the name of your ship? And she goes, who told you? And I love living in a world like that where... She did claim it, and she did. I can't remember the name of her spaceship. I'm, I'm really sorry about that. But uh, as I say, it was a while back. But I just, I, I took, I think you know I took Second City for almost two years, a year and a half, two mm-hmm. years, somewhere in there. I was just patting myself on the back for the situations I get myself into and out of because I actually took two, um, almost two years of improv. And so that was one of them. And in improv, what you do is you react to the situation that's around you. It's People have stories. Did, did I tell a story? Did, uh, am, did I lie here? Um, am I trying to enroll somebody? You, you tell yourself all kinds of stuff and you want to get done, but the, something done. But the truth of the matter is, is life gets to be really fun if you start to trust your intuition. So... <laughs> According to this woman, I did meet a spaceship captain, and since then I've become a member of the Galactic Federation. I actually got to talk to Colleen um, this week, uh, a remarkable lady. You can go to our website at wakingupinamerica.com and actually click on the icon for the Galactic Federation. And, uh, yeah, they're really 80% of the people, Randy, I don't know if you know this or not, actually know that there's, have have a strong knowing that, that there's other life that we're, that's visiting and it's here and there's tall whites and there's all kinds of interesting things that you can look up that you're not going to run into as part of your daily culture. Did you hear about how people are talking about storming Area 51? I think that's a joke. It's it actually, joke. it should be a joke, but it's not. <laughs> no, I do think it is. It's a joke, and everybody thinks it's real. <laughs> and it's, it's Well, and the it's point is, there's over a million people that have signed up to Storm Area 51. And it was a joke. It started out as a joke, but, but it's a joke that caught flash fire. So, mm-hmm. back... Mm, back in the 50s, there was a program called Space Patrol, okay? And I, mm-hmm. I used to really enjoy that with... Buzz and Happy and Carol Kyle Secretary General Daughter and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Ralston Serio used to do things and so did Nabisco and it, it was fun. And that was like back in the 50s, we were more open to having conversations with our extraterrestrial neighbors. <clears throat> and then a whole bunch of scary movies were made and uh, people were told that, you know, that they were after us and it's going to be interesting to see because a lot of things that have happened, actually, I've heard that the extraterrestrials contributed. Are you a believer in extraterrestrials? I'm not sure what I believe, honestly. I really don't. I mean, I've never seen any proof, but yet I've heard some seriously credible stories from credible people. That I. What's your that best I credible know? story um, that you heard? Okay, so... This is going to sound weird, and people are never going to believe this, but uh, these pe- this family is not, they are not liars. So um, there's 
different dimensions. Uh, like we live in what? 2D, 3D, something like that. We we're technically we're living in 3D and we're moving into 4 and 5D. And okay, so when I asked I how much totally of that there was, that. Mm-hmm. okay, well, it's different frequencies. If That's if you can imagine tuning your radio station, yeah. it'd yeah. be like changing stations, okay, the ability to change stations. Okay, now that's what I was really, that was more the word I was looking for, is the frequency. And um, this family, I met them um, many years ago, and their sons were homeschooled very, very, just unbelievably educated. Some of the smartest young men and really inspiring uh, young men that I've ever met at that point. And... They were talking about this thing where they would change the frequency. And when they did it, uh, they said that they saw literally a creature that was super tall, that was bear-like and wolf-like looking. And it was um, like outside of, they they lived in Nebraska, and it was outside of like one of their buildings. And they said that it just, it didn't have a good feel to it. Like it felt evil. And I don't think these kids are crazy. They weren't doing drugs. They don't drink. They were as clean as could be. And they literally swore to it that they saw that. So I have to... I I believe there's all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. Just like I believe that woman actually was related somehow. I mean, she was shocked. She was down like... Like I had exposed her or something like that. The reaction was so huge. I was just amazed. So many people read the Bible, believe in the Bible, etc. And in there, it talks about angels. It talks about demons. It talks. So it's it's not if if the Bible is true, then those things are real. So it's not that far fetched. You know, most people think about it having to do with like another planet or something, but. I, I don't know. All I'm saying is if you believe in the Bible, then you also know that there are <laughs> other forms, period. Well, I, I re- have one and not the other. I, I, remember having, I remember having Colleen on the radio. I think it was before you got on. Or when I say this, you'll have to, you'll have to tell me if you remember. But it was, it was so funny. It was towards the very end of the program, and she was talking. Sheldon has been up on the spacecraft. I I have memories of being up on spacecraft too, <clears throat> and it's part of my astrology that showed up in another chart. Okay, mm-hmm. so Colleen is on the show, and she does the Galactic Federation um, uh, once the once a month. So you can s- sign up for that. It's very it's very interesting. I, I like the people she has on it a lot, and I put it on my calendar. So I'm I'm listening to her, and at the very end of the show, I say, okay. And there's like, what, six, seven billion people on the planet? How -hmm. many people on the planet do you think are aliens? And she's got this really nice voice and she just laughs. And she says, dear, humans were not indigenous to Earth. Yeah, you did say that. She said that. (laughs) And a lot of people think that. There's a lot of uh, anomalies around the world. There's shows on, you know, discovery and history and, uh, you know, there's just a lot of things that people question. Um, we've had guests on before that think that they've got all of that figured out, you know, about how, let's say, the pyramids were made and that sort of thing. And you know what? I don't yeah. know. That's not been my area of expertise or anything that I've studied um, and just haven't got into it because I haven't traveled to those places. I would like to go see those places and take a look at it myself and just see. But there's a lot well, of secrets. Know, there's a lot of Yeah, and, and what's know. interesting is that when Trump came into office, like about two years ago, maybe three years ago in September, he released a lot of data. Were you aware of that? Uh, I'm, Did you hear about that? That I'm is when I found out about the tall there. whites and stuff. All that stuff mm-hmm. had just been released in September, I think, of 2017. And that's part of storming, you know, people wanting to storm Area 51 and things of that nature. People want to know the truth. I mean, I understand that Eisenhower actually signed a treaty with the extraterrestrials. Did you heard about that? I heard some things about it, but, you know, I, I just hate it when I can't prove something or... I don't know. There's just a lot of disinfo out there, and, you know, they, a lot of 
I just want them to unveil the secrets that are, you know, that the Pope has where he's at and uh, what our government has. I just, like, why can't we know those things? It's so irritating. Well, that's what's, ha- that's what's happening right now. There's been a huge dump. So this thing, this recession they're all predicting, the old system is going to disappear. It is in the midst of disappearing right now, just like when Nixon took out uh, our gold-backed dollars in, back in the 70s. We have mm-hmm. them back. They were supposed mm-hmm. to make an announcement about it on the 15th, and they were supposed to make an announcement about it on the 4th of July, but we've had gold-backed dollars this year, and and Trump pulled that off. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he, I, in a sense, I think Trump is a grand magician, Mm-hmm. Because he his tweets drive people absolutely crazy, okay? Mm-hmm. But while he's busy tweeting over here on one side, he's busy doing something else over on the other so that you're not really paying attention to it. And he's dumping a lot of data right now. It's really funny because when I heard about Jeffrey Epstein, my first thought was, I can't believe that they would have been that stupid to take a suicide watch off, you know? Right. And then I find out a friend of mine, Abby Sure, she's... Um, She's very well connected in in the in the world in the Jewish community, and she said, "Val, are you aware?" Of course, I wasn't. That no request was made of any Jewish cemetery to uh, to um, to plant Jeffrey Epstein anywhere. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Don't you find that suspicious? <laughs> I don't know what I'm thinking about anything. You know, I thought. Okay, maybe they hit him, and then, uh, you know, witness protection program, and then you hear uh, Alex Jones on InfoWars came out, and he said that there was certain bones that were broken in the neck that were synonymous with being choked, and as, as a yeah, I to heard hanging, that too. And that I heard that that it was loud, and there was a commotion, and they were, you know, saying, uh, you know, breathe, Jeffrey, breathe, breathe, Jeffrey, you know, which Alex Jones mentioned that quite possibly that they were choking him out at the same time that they were saying that, you know. Uh, yeah, you know what saying? He never, well, well, what we decided Nobody here knows. is that anything was possible. <laughs> yes. And if JFK Jr. and his wife were supposed to be still alive, which I I don't know, uh, does our government lie to us every minute of every day, it seems like? Mm-hmm. And do we get misled? Yeah, we get misled in the name of justice or in the name of correcting something or in the name of courage or whatever, but I'll tell you something. I do not ever want to be going through what the first family must be going through. You heard Mm -hmm. that there's been like at least 20 attempts on his life and the attacking and everything. I don't know how those people do it. So I'm gonna. Tomorrow is my 79th birthday. I'm sitting here, August the 17th. I was born at 11:10 uh, in the evening. And what I want to do is, right now, before anything else, is thank the Lord for the fact that we have a, a family, a first family that's got so much courage. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, however it pays out, the courage that they've got. And all of this stuff is being unraveled. And I think it's pretty strange, actually, that no Jewish cemetery was contacted. I also think it's really remarkable that they supposedly took him off um, suicide watch after he tried to kill himself a week before. It just doesn't make sense, Randy, other than, you know, what we suspect. The Clintons looked awfully happy. (laughs) When they heard he was yeah. gone, but you know what? There's tapes, and the tapes actually show them doing certain things, which reminds me. How did you like? <laughs> that was from Roseanne. How did you like the picture that was found in Jeffrey Epstein's house of, of Bill Clinton wearing a, a royal blue dress and red pumps? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> what did you uh, see when you saw that? I mean. It it's never crossed my mind. Creepy. It's just creepy. Well, remember when we had Roger Stone on? Yes. One of the best interviews ever, yes. I know. And you know what? I've really tried to get him back. He's just too popular and famous now. I can't get through. He doesn't even answer his private phone anymore. 
So you can, if you have some connection with somebody, go get Robert back because uh, Roger back because I would really like to know what's up, you know. And I did hear that Lee Wanta got paid. Have you talked you to know? him? No, I've talked to Lon Gibby, but I haven't talked to Lee. Okay. Lon Gibby is our producer, and I actually want him to um, produce this, help me produce a series. And I was talking to a real estate developer last night or two about it, uh, about the banks and how they've um, put so many homeless people on the streets. Mm-hmm. Or they've created homelessness. And I want them to be accountable for it. So that was part of what we were talking about at the party last night. And when you have people that have been in a, a business situation for 30, 40, 50 years for their lives, they've got good mm-hmm. friends. So I really think that some things are, are going to come out of that party. And that's what each of us can do in our community is to look around like what's important in your community. What's important right now is a continuation of these rashes of thieves. You know, we were talking about the ring situation mm-hmm. where they actually stole the ring button and right. then re-registered it. We're, we're having our homes attacked in the mountains of, by thieves just walking in. What are we going to do about that, you know? Mm-hmm. Society is changing. How do, how do we protect ourselves? You know, I, over the last 24 to 48 hours, and for the last year, really, but, like, especially in the last 24 to 48 hours, because I received a phone call from a friend of mine, and they were talking about one of their kids and how they're just so disillusioned. You know, what is this all about? And I got to, and, and, you know, they were questioning all kinds of things, like, in religion okay so and and i and i said to my friend i said look there is so many things that are wrong that we don't know okay because if you think about it when jesus walked the earth he was in the middle east yes why are the books of the bible named matthew mark luke and john those are not middle eastern names (laughs) that is has to do with actually the saint james version of the bible Exactly. Uh, There's just things that were changed, and we should know what that was, and we never will. Well, actually, we will. if you if you want some information on it, it's really fascinating. I'm going to mm-hmm. say I think it's November of 2011, but there was mm-hmm. an article done on a National Geographic magazine, and I'll actually look for it, Randy, because I saved it. Mm-hmm. It was the story of the St. James Version of the Bible and how it came about and what what he actually did was say um, uh, the King James Version. What he actually did was get scholars from 50 different countries to come and go over the Bible. And they basically mm-hmm. rewrote the Bible, those people back at that time, and that's the King James Version. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also, I'm trying to think of the name of the... Um, the Akashic, it's not the Akashic Records, it's uh, the other one. Uh, Sumerian, the Sumerian tablets. A lot of the mm-hmm. things that are in the Bible are actually uh, a continuation of the Sumerian tablets, and those are actually started like 250,000 years before the birth of Christ. Mm-hmm. So we've... <laughs> it's just a very interesting blend of so many different things. And so you have the Sumerian tablets actually talks about Noah and things like that. Now, that's a quarter of a million years before it showed up in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to get um, the guy back to actually give us an update on that, and I haven't found his telephone number. But I'd love to get an update on, you know, current revelations and, and what's happening. But mm-hmm. I do believe that, that Trump is part of the second coming. Yeah, again, all these things, and we just, we won't know until things are truly opened up. Well, we do know that there's a gold standard now, and we haven't had that since the 1970s. I did uh, listen to Gerald Salente. He's uh, Trends Journal, trendsjournal.com. He's amazing. I've followed him for years, and he's talking about this recession uh, that we're going into. And actually, I, I've talked to a lot of realtors, and they're like, no, don't buy anything right now. Don't, don't, don't. Everybody's saying, no, it's a good idea because it's going to dump. 
Yeah. But there's also and going to be more money in the world in different hands than there's been probably in, in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I said I wasn't going to talk much about it, and I'm not going to talk much about it, but I am going to let people know that are invested in, in private groups that we're at the 4B level, and they've been processing people for two weeks, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think at any time. So, yeah, the old financial system is out. I heard actually interesting, and by the way, we all cheered about this at the party last night. Uh, <laughs> Deutsche Bank, my nemesis for all these years, has is, is actually crashed and burned and has been picked up by the Chinese. <laughs> the Chinese are actually dismembering, I like that word, dismembering Deutsche Bank as we speak. This, These people created more pain and agony uh, by what they did to people in the streets, in the homes, of getting them into homes and then kicking them out on the streets. The number of homelessness is just building everywhere. I was actually talking to John Newmeyer, who is Julie's brother, and he lives in San Francisco. And there, you know, there's just areas of the city that they don't go into anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, let's yeah. just say it would be like you going down and saying, I think I'll visit L.A. and I'll go to Skid Row. It's not that mm-hmm. you can't go into the areas. It's that what you see in certain areas is just not the way it should be. Right. Our citizens, I don't even, you can't even, I don't even like the term citizens. Could you give me another word to use? Our American state word. nationals, our California, our Florida nationals, whatever you want to call it. Citizens mm-hmm. is actually a, a term that belongs to the ruling class. It's how mm-hmm. they keep us in line. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't want to use the term citizen, but something, the frequency is going up, Randy. Okay. Well, that's you can good count news. on that. <laughs> you're going to sell your land. I hope so. You're you're land in Alaska, right? <laughs> mm, exactly. <laughs> oh God, I have to tell you. Mm-hmm. No, we were talking about how you know, I was talking with some friends yesterday, and it's like you know we're just going to give our money to um, a lot of us are going to turn over our money to uh, different groups to have them administer it. We don't want to be targets. Mm-hmm. We've got plans and things we want to get done, but we want to let some investment company handle, you know, ha- have our funds. I want enough to have a good life, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as far as all the possibilities here, I just want to make sure that certain things are taken care of. If If I gave you... I'm just writing you a check right now, Randy Shannon, and it's okay. I'm writing you a check for $50 million dollars. And I'm telling mm-hmm. you, you have to give away half of it. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to give it to? Well, it's not going to be just one. It would be right. I'm just curious about every one of us has in our hearts some of the things you're going to mention. Um, for sure, I have a heart for single mothers, so that's going to be one of them. That would be one of them. Um, homeless people. But but that would have to be, like, really guarded. I mean, I, I'm not about... That would just... I don't want to get into it, but on the homeless people, it would be, like, genuinely homeless, like our veterans <clears throat> and others that have issues, like drug issues, et cetera, get them... Those are 30% have. of the people, by the way. People yeah. think of the homeless as being druggies. 30%. And 30% of them are druggies partly because they've been on the street so long. Yeah. Okay, so they didn't start out like that. Uh, Back Mm -hmm. in the 80s, we went down into the tunnels of Los Angeles. You know who we Mm -hmm. found? Mm -mm. I was really shocked. We found war veterans. Mm -hmm. The tunnels in downtown L.A. were almost filled up entirely with war veterans and their families. Some of them, they lost their homes and stuff like that, or they came back with PTSD. Mm -hmm. And they weren't being taken care of. Mm-hmm. And they were living in, like, huge drainage tunnels in downtown Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And that was the 80s, okay? Yeah. Uh, earlier this year, um, 
my my friend Kurt and I stopped to drop off some food at a, at a homeless encampment that we were driving past. We got all this food from a picnic that we'd been at, and they were they were very grateful. One of the people that I talked to, uh, her father used to be the head engineer at JPL Laboratories. Mm-hmm. These just aren't bums on the street. No, I mean, I've told you I walked into, you know, Dunkin' Donuts to grab a coffee, and it's the nicest guy, and the guy is always hanging out, and he was a, a veteran, and he's in a really bad, bad way. I just saw him again the other day, as a matter of fact, yesterday. Uh, still walking around, which I'm grateful for, but, you know, I'm sure he's getting some medical. I see him with a walker now and different things, but, you know, he's out there every day. And uh, people give just because they want to give. I mean, Miguel, he's just in such a desperate situation. He doesn't even have to ask. He just stands there. Well, (laughs) and this is part of what we call the recession. You know, the recession is going to make us pay attention. How many people, uh, when I was in Hong Kong, by by the way, before the Hong Kong went back to the Chinese, Mm -hmm. what was that, the 2000? Okay. I I was there before that happened. Okay. Okay, so what was happening in Hong Kong was pretty much what was going on here where people were actually buying houses and stuff like that and then the economy was crashing and they were working 18 to 20 hours a day to pay their mortgages. I talked to them. I talked to a cab driver who regularly worked 20 hours a day. And when I was there, even the police chief had jumped off the top of one of the buildings. They were little committing suicide because it was it was bad for their spiritual souls not to be able to pay their bills, so they were killing themselves. Mm. And I was just like, I, I watched this all over the world. I hear the good side and the bad side, and then I wonder how on earth, where on earth the Kardashians came from, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't get what our... <laughs> what, what are we admiring? I don't get our values. It seems to me when I was younger that I had more values. I I actually saw a picture of a bunch of campfire girls. you know what those are? Mm, are they like a Girl Scout? Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So in my day, we had campfire girls, and we had brownies, if you were a little scout. And I was then, a brownie one. Were you a brownie? I bet you just were adorable. <laughs> did you have your little beanie and everything? I did. I had. The, I loved being a brownie more than even being a Girl Scout. I just loved <laughs> being little, and the brownies were just. It was just way more fun. I loved it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But my mom made my campfire girl outfit, and I'm telling you, it was amazing. I had a little red vest and a little blue skirt, and I was a campfire girl, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we learned all of this kind of cool stuff. And then there was 4-H. Did you have 4-H? Yes, but that was not something that I got into. I didn't. I always wanted to, but I never did. I really wish I had Well, I, I, I was glad I got into it, and I was horrified I got into it because they showed me how to kill a rabbit. And mm-hmm. that was like one of the most traumatic effects of my life was having this mm-hmm. rabbit taken out of my arms and killed. I had to go to therapy over that one for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, because I saw the, you know, 4-H's where I saw them cut off the chicken's head and watch the chicken run around the yard, no head spurting blood. Yeah, I've seen that. Well, I you mean, that's just, that's just how they do it on farms. I mean, <clears throat> they don't take it all to the slaughterhouse. They just get the whole family together, and then they that's, that's what's done. And then everybody throws them in, you know, you scald them, and then you let them run around, and then you scald them. Uh, then the feathers come right off, and then... Take the guts out and boom, it's to the freezer. Straight away. Yeah. Did you have any trouble eating them? Um, I didn't raise them. The ones that we actually did physically raise, we didn't eat a one. (laughs) 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 Nope, couldn't do it. They all had names. That's our problem. I know, I know. I I said I I said my entire allowance, which was twenty five cents a week, buying Mm -hmm. food for my rabbits and crossbreeding them. I Oh, I had so much fun making different kinds of bunnies, but I didn't realize that you also inbred genetic defects. Mm-hmm. So my bunnies were like starving. My little bunnies were like starving to death, and I couldn't figure out what was wrong. They were just getting skinnier and skinnier. And then there mm-hmm. was one little fat one. 
Mm-hmm. And I looked at the little fat bunny, and it had broken its front teeth. And I didn't know that bunnies' teeth grew all the time. So mm-hmm. I said, think, because probably of my crossbreeding and stuff like that, the little right. bunnies' upper teeth had grown into their lower lips, and they couldn't eat, and they were literally starving to death. Mm-hmm. So I went and got mom's toenail clippers, and I clipped their teeth, and they were all fine. Mm-hmm. But well, actually go. dealing with life and death mm-hmm. at that age, that was a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Being allowed to, to be a child and to experiment where I experimented, I got to get what felt right and what felt wrong, and I got to um, get conflicted because 4-H was, a, as you know, the farming community feeds the world. Mm-hmm. And here I am going, you can't kill my bunny. But like you said, as long as it's got a name, it doesn't die. <laughs> yep. Well, my mom said, do you have too many bunnies and you can't afford the money, so I'm going to give some of them away for you. Mm. And I was like, I didn't like it, but I got it because I, my 25 cents really wasn't hacking it for all the little bunnies I had running around. So she gave away some of my bunnies, and about six months later we're having dinner, and I said, what are we eating? And they go, it's chicken. And I said, I don't think so. And mm. I was being mm. asked to eat my bunnies. And that was a, a, a moment in tough. my life. Pardon? I said that would be tough. So all of these things had... <laughs> What's good about Seth like this is it's where you draw the line. I agree. Well, I mean, look, if we were living in leaner times and we didn't have grocery stores and things like that, we would have to be, I mean, my ancestry is the Vikings. I'm Swedish. A Viking? Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. I never thought of you as a Viking, but I totally get it. Yeah. So, you know, again, if we didn't have the grocery stores and we were living in those days, we wouldn't even, I mean, even if they had names, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> right, exactly. It's, 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 you're a, you're a person of the time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that's part of the point of this conversation. It's also part of what I was recognizing at the party last night. You mentioned, I don't remember if it was in the green room when we were talking or, or what other, but we were time traveling. We were going back. You know, Terry Moore was sitting there. I remember Terry Moore in a bathing suit, and she was one of the... I remember them showing on television that she was one of the um, pinup girls for the for the soldiers, and that she would entertain the troops with, with Jane Russell and um, also Bob Hope and things like that. And, I mean, here was this woman that I admired, I'm going to say 65 years ago, 65, mm-hmm. maybe 70 years ago, and all of a sudden I'm sitting next to her, and it turns out we live like four blocks apart for years. Mm. I probably sold her Girl Scout cookies. She said it was entirely possible I had. <laughs> so she bought Girl Scout cookies. You know, it's like, and then when we started talking about things, it was like she was bringing up things and I was bringing up things and we were remembering things that neither one of us had remembered until the other one started talking about it. So it was like we were lighting each other up with our memories, which is what I think uh, people do. It's like one of the reasons why I think you're so important to me is you light up things that I don't look at the way you look at that and then it changes me later. Like one of the things you were talking about this morning was about tongues and things like that. Well, me, you know, tongue is something that waggles and talks. But you're using tongue as a diagnostician. You took yourself and you changed yourself or you evolved yourself from somebody who was very interested in the law to somebody who is very interested in how human being works and what you can do for them. Uh, completely. I mean, that's, you know, I've had this love for health and nutrition most of my life because when I was somewhere around 14, um, I went through something and I put on an incredible amount of weight for my body size. And uh, I lost You're that five what? I'm barely 5'1". And I'm about, 
you know, I'm working out a lot right now, and I'm working out really smart. So it's not about losing weight for me. So I'm probably about yeah. What, what is what is well, you just said something interesting? What does working smart mean to you? Okay, so when I go to the gym, uh, I my kids they're so funny because they're like, "Mom, don't go when we go, and we don't know you." So it's not just to my family that's like that. <laughs> no, no, it is so funny, but I get it. They don't want to be embarrassed because I'm like really just doing what I think is the smartest thing for me, and I love where my body's at right now. I am so happy with where my body's at, and what I do is I wear ankle weights, and I'll go on the treadmill for maybe 20 to 30 minutes, sometimes an hour, and I've got these weights on the whole time, plus then I put the elevation at four and a half. It's a level four and a half elevation. And then I will, I don't run anymore. Ever since the marathon in 2015, I have not run again. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I remember when you took that off your bucket list and you said, okay, that's not happening again. Right. So, and I haven't. Um, but what I do do is I, I walk at a 3.6 mile per hour pace with an eight pound weight in each hand. So I not only have an elevation, I have a nice walk, I have weights in hand, and I have weights on the ankle. And so in that time, what I'm doing with my arms and the weights, and what I'm doing with my legs and the weights, it eliminates a whole lot of other machines I don't want to go on, I don't have the time to do. And right. I'm actually toning, so it's a very solid, hour because then I will go over to the stair I think it's called the stair climber where the stairs just keep coming down at you and I yeah 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 I know what you mean yeah so that is already very good for your muscle tone um to, to, to tone your body and I'll put that I go at different levels now that one I do get a good sweat on but I'll wear my ankle weights on that one the whole entire time too and I'll, I'll take one eight pound weight and I'll switch hands that way you know if I lose my balance or you know trip or you know, if you're going a little bit faster than you're, sometimes you can hit the stair and stumble. So one yeah, yeah. is good. Yeah, so I try to just be a little safer. And um, so everything I'm doing, every single thing I'm doing is strategic and toning, and I'm holding in my gut, and I'm squeezing my <laughs> rear, and um, I've got these weights all around, and... Um, and no, I, I'm yeah. loving it because I'm the opposite side of what you're doing, Okay. I'm the one that got arthritis and couldn't move very much. And in not moving, I actually weakened my leg muscles. So I have a hard time standing up. So I'm actually taking Pilates right now, and I'm learning how to reuse my body. And it's really interesting. I'm working with Ivy Schmidt and mm -hmm. Teresa Ketterman. And uh, honest to God, the, the issues of getting older, which I don't think you're ever going to run into, Randy, because you're just, you, you know, you've always been an exerciser all the time I've known you, uh, mm -hmm. is we lose our balance all the time and things of that nature. And um, I've got arthritis, which uh, I've lost 25 pounds now. I've pretty much plateaued, and I want to lose another 14. So I've been right around 25 pounds for a month, so it's time to uh, drop down to where I truly want to be. My arthritis has um, lessened. And my mobility has increased. And the problem is, is that when you're not doing a, a program like Randy's doing, and she's been religious about this as long as I've known you, uh, I haven't done that kind of religious um, attention to my body. And I'm paying the price for it now. I mean, it, let's say that you're listening to Waking Up at America this morning or this afternoon or wherever you're picking us up. By the way, our global readership and listenership is really growing. It's fun to get the reports in. Um, we're, it, it's, it's funny to know that somebody in the Ukraine is listening to us and somebody in Africa is listening to what they're saying. So hopefully you'll find something here too. But I'm now rehabbing myself. So I make gains that I can actually stand up without pulling myself up because my legs have gotten so weak, for instance. And the arthritis makes it really easy for you to say, I don't want to move, it hurts. Mm -hmm. 
So what Randy is doing is she's moving, and I bet you get sore sometimes, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I'm always pushing. You know, I went to the gym yesterday, and I put my elevation at a 5, and I walked differently on it, and so I was using different muscles. And then I went over to, like, a free weight area where they have those those uh, balls, like the big round ones, and they have... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I... You know, one of the bodies that are, there's a couple different body shapes that are out there that I really like. I really like a volleyball player's body, and I really like a ballerina type body. And so I just like. What's the volleyball player's body look like? Is it lean? Just very lean, very toned. So. Did you ever meet uh, Misty May? mm -hmm, I don't know. She she was a guest on Waking Up in America. Uh, at one time, she's won the uh, Olympic gold medal in volleyball. I'm trying to think of her partner's name. Like they won like three or four gold medals. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just amazing players. Volleyball was actually one of my best sports. Mm-hmm. And it it, it uh, makes you have an elongated body too, because you're stretching yeah. and. Uh, mm-hmm. jumping in all kinds of different directions, and it's 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 not a controlled pace like if you were headed for the basket. You're just getting that ball over the net, and you're doing it from any which way that you can. Uh, very inspiring, inspiring human beings. And you're becoming one of those yourself, you understand, right? I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I just do what I do, and... If that if that works and helps people, then I'm happy about that. Well, so. I'll tell you, Randy, I'm looking at myself in the mirror, and I've still got lines on my face, but this HGH stuff that I've been taking for four years now, mm-hmm. it's obviously doing something, and I'm not using thyroid pills anymore, and I was using them because my hair was actually falling out. I, I don't know if you know that's one of the side effects of people with low thyroid. Yeah. Is that they start to get bald spots. Well, my bald spots filled in, and I don't take thyroid anymore, so that tells me that something's going on. And when I look at myself in the mirror, I actually see somebody that looks like they're in their 60s rather than 70, you know, I'll be 79 tomorrow. But what I'm also looking at is the fact that I didn't even start this reinventing myself or taking myself back until I was in my 70s. So I started out at a really low grade of pituitary output. And mm-hmm. and now um, I, I want to recommend to our listeners that are older that you go and check out growingbolder.com. Have you ever been over there and seen it, Randy? I have. It's been a little while. Yeah. Like recently, a 105-year-old woman finished a marathon. 105 years old? Wow. Me, I had trouble getting around the house until I made up my mind. Uh, Two, two, three years ago, I couldn't turn over in my bed because my arthritis was so bad. Couldn't turn over. I was doing uh, telephone consulting from bed. That was how I was keeping myself going. I used to go to the office and I used to drink in some really, some really good salary and some have a good time and do a lot of public conversations and things like that, and then as uh, life quotes got to me, or whatever you want to call it, uh, aging, I I bought the aging process. I said, oh, well, I'm getting arthritis now. Oh, wow, my foot's swelling up. Oh, wow, blah, 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 rather than, huh, these are symptoms, and I can do something about this. And now I've been in physical therapy this year with two excellent people, and I have gone from um, walking with a very serious limp because I have arthritis in my left ankle and in both knees and in my neck and all that kind of stuff to actually mm-hmm. being able to walk. Just walk. Wow. And, and, and you, you know, you're celebrating doing 3.5 on this machine and that machine and 8 pounds at each end. I'm actually walking without a walker <laughs> and that makes me happy. So mm-hmm. if you got your walker, uh, See if you can put your walker aside and strengthen your leg muscles and uh, do some Pilates. I know they're telling you that a recession is coming, but I'm also telling you that a rebirth is coming. And there are going to be people in the world that are going to be really helpful, and also there's the med bed that's going to be available, and I'm hanging in there for that. 
of the Mad Bad. Did you ever see the 2012 movie Prometheus with Charlene Therizon? Mm, no, I don't think so, but I know, I know of it. I just know. Well, there's actually uh, Steven Spielberg produced that film in 2012, and I just accidentally kind of came across it. Uh, and I thought, huh, it kind of reminded me of you know, Sigourney Weaver and the Alien movies and, and things like that. So I thought I would watch it. And, oh, my God, here was this thing I'd been hearing about for, like, literally months and months from my friends about how there was this thing called a med bed, M-E-D-B-E-D. Look it up on the Internet, and you'll see that it's almost like a capsule that you go into. Well, they had one in the movie, and uh, it was like... The one in the movie I would call the simple version, but these these med beds are supposed to for twenty six thousand dollars right now, which I think is dirt cheap. Wow! Especially okay. when you take a look at medical bills, and you're supposed to be able to, to actually restore your frequencies through radionics. Wow! Okay. Every single organ in your body has a frequency, and the question is, is it vibrating at that frequency? Mm-hmm. When my mom was up in, in in Cambria at the old folks' home, I get, went okay. up there, and I tell you, I told them off, Randy. I went in, and my mother's arms had red spots all over them, and her skin was torn. And I went in and told off the, the person that was running the place and said that, you know, I was going to turn them in for senior abuse and stuff like that for ripping my mom up. Mm-hmm. Do you know how embarrassing it was to find out that that's what happens when you get old? Wow. That my arms, right now, I'm looking at my right arm, and I've got a red splotch on it, and I've got a um, another mark on it because I actually bumped a table. Now, I could have avoided that. I do usually avoid that by eating pineapple every day because it's got bromelain mm-hmm. in it, and that bromelain actually makes my skin so that it doesn't do that. But when you see people with bloody spots all over them, they weren't all beaten up. It's part of the aging process for some people. And then when they put you on heart medicines and stuff like that, yeah, then then there's more of it. You know, mm-hmm. my first husband, Lonnie, uh, his hands are all now entirely red from, it's like you had a bloody hand. Mm-hmm. This is part of the aging drugging process, okay? Okay. So Joe Wallach, remember when you had him on the? We had him on the show. He was a, did an interview with Barbara Walters in which he said children born today could live to be 150 years old easy. Mm-hmm. Why do? You, why would you? Why would you say that that would be true? Because I I know you know him well. Oh yes, he's one of my greatest mentors. He's on speed dial on my phone. Um, and we spoke at the same conferences, so I, it was a great honor for me to actually speak in the same place he was, and um, he was right after me, so uh, just uh, an honor, serious honor. The guy is legendary. Um, why could we live to be 150 years? Um, well, our aging, start, you know, we started dying faster once electricity was introduced, and um, the food sourcing became no longer healthy because what happened is we used to cook over the fire. We used to have wood-burning stoves, uh, and some places still do, and they take that ash and they would go put it out into the garden, and then it would get, you know, um, turned up. Recirculated. Yeah, recirculated, tilled up, whatever. And so the minerals would grow up in the food from whatever came from those trees or whatever was dumped out there. Compost piles, things like that. That would all get turned back up in there. And that's really not happening in the mass farming that's happening. The mass food industry, it is not happening like that. And instead, they're putting chemicals in the ground that is meant to kill off weeds and bugs and certain things. But no longer are the nutrients being put into the ground. I think like three nutrients mm-hmm. are being put into the ground, and that's it. You're making me think of Miracle Grow. Okay, mm-hmm. if you go to the if you go to a, a nursery and you say I want to produce really great vegetables, they'll say, Well, you have two choices. You can get Miracle Grow, or you can get this other thing, and the Miracle Grow really makes them grow fast. 
mm-hmm. they don't tell you is, or they do, actually, you get to prove yourself as being smart, and you say, no, I'll take the organic one. Uh, I hear that soil that has miracle Grow in it is terrible, and that it actually harms the soil. Mm-hmm. They'll go, they'll smile at you every time, because they can't tell you that, but they mm-hmm. want you to know that, and they they respect you when you say, I know what miracle Grow does to the ground, I'm not touching that stuff. Now, I touched that stuff for a long time because if I put miracle Grow on my plants, it's like, oh, my God. They just really right. blossomed. So I went, and, of course, the organic stuff is, like, twice as expensive. By the time I get done with neem spray to keep the bugs off, <laughs> organic fertilizer, my, my tomatoes are costing me $10 a pound. <laughs> but mm. it's it's... I've got a nice little crop of little yellow tomatoes out there and a couple of really big other tomatoes. And it's like if I only grow like a couple of pounds of tomatoes a year or something like that, I'm fine with it. I feel like a miniature farmer over here. But this thing is, seriously, ask about miracle Grow because there's a whole case, there's a whole lesson inside of there. Well, we were almost out of airtime, and what we were also going to do today was just say thank you to all the people that have contributed to our lives and made this possible. And uh, I have a whole list of people that I'm ready to read off. But if you were to think for yourself, who would you like to most thank this year for their contribution to your life? This year. Probably, uh, there's probably a couple. Ah, There's like three people. Um, there's a gentleman by the name of Dave who every single day sends me scriptures and very uplifting messages. And I don't always have the time to, to say anything back to him because I'm always racing, but he knows it. And he's a listener of the show. Um, so he, he's a very pivotal, very important person. I would say um, Fausto, who is the manager of Buya, who has been very pivotal in introducing me to incredible contacts for my business. I would say uh, Oscar for just showing me what a very passionate, amazing, abundant life can look like. Um, You, Val, for just always saying inspiring things. And I would say my friend Angie, um, who is just a force to, to, and Angie and Kim, the two women that call me almost every single day, and uh, we talk and just share things and share life and share stories about our kids and, you know, uh, you know, just what's going on. So I have some serious rocks in my life. I have some really amazing, <laughs> amazing anchored people. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I think that's absolutely great. I actually want to thank uh, Roseanne Mangio. Uh, for uh, sending me the Clinton picture. <laughs> you right. sent me a lot of other good stuff over the years, but I have to tell you, Clinton in a blue dress was just was a real make-it. Uh, Maggie Mygan for, for being my feng shui master with my life and my properties and my heart. and just like uh, you're, you're the best to talk to, uh, Maggie. Uh, let's see. My first husband, Lon Kirkard, he really listens. He wasn't, I accused him of not listening when we were married, but I will tell you that he's maintained himself as a great father and as a great friend, and he's been married to Kura Kirkgaard for, uh, I think, 37 years now, and um, she's one of the major people in my life, too. You, you wouldn't expect you to be so darn close to somebody that married uh, your first husband, but the truth of the matter is that because Kura has been here, we're all better people. So I want to thank Kura for that. And Catherine and Kurt Devaney, uh, you just kindness in a bottle, the two of you. And Kurt Devaney uh, stepped over the line of, of time and of reason and circumstance when he came over to my house to help me at 5 in the morning when I was being evicted and all kinds of things. So just I actually could spend the rest of my time actually saying thank you to everybody. Normally I read the list. It's at the end of the show about all the people mm-hmm. that have been on Waking Up in America, but they've totally created um, who we are today and the fact that we're a conversation for you. Um, please feel free to follow us at um, Voice America. Uh, go over to our website at Waking Up in America. 
uh, click in, uh, be in touch. If there's something you want to have on the air, you can write me at val at wakingupinamerica.com. Uh, I want to thank Ben Megan for your theme music, Almost Ordinary People, and all the people at Cumulus and John Young and everybody else. Uh, honest to God, we couldn't do it without you. Just thank you so much. And uh, we're starting my 79th year tomorrow. Let's see what we do with it. I'm, I'm looking for a big future. Thanks for listening. And Randy, just what an incredible human being. I feel so fortunate to know you. I feel Take the same, Val. I do. So go find out who you love in your life and make sure you tell them. I do. <laughs> that was me telling the listeners. I know you do. You're a loving fool. <laughs> I thought we were out there. <laughs> I think we're almost right out there. Are we out there, air? Almost ordinary people here. Hear the music, feel the dance Hear the music, feel the dance